Um, it formed me into the kind of man who was not going to allow himself to make excuses for why he wasn't going to obey the prompting of God. Welcome to the Wrestling with Faith podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Tolliver. Join me as we go on a search for deeper faith and deeper community. Welcome back to episode four of the Wrestling with Faith podcast. We are in for a special treat today as we have on our first guest for the season, Jake Ostrowski. He will be helping us as we unpack the spiritual discipline of scripture reading. So grab a Bible and a notebook as we dive in. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command His angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain, he said, If you bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and the angels came and attended him. That's amazing. Things we have to do. Anyways, awesome. Welcome back to the Wrestling with Faith podcast. It is good to be back in this room with you two. Yes. How's it going? Great it's going to be great. Back. Good week. Man, episode four. Here we go. So, catch me up. How's your week been? How's the reading plan? Spiritual formation? Are you just like Jesus yet? How not are we doing? quite. Not <laughs> quite. Hopefully, we're getting there. Yeah. No, it's been good. I made reference to this last week, but um, I think it's just good to get back into the Gospels and simply remember why it is that I do what I do and who I'm modeling my life after, because sometimes it can just get so arbitrary and losing a little bit of focus. And it's just good to to remember that we're following Jesus and we're modeling our life after him. So yeah, it's been really refreshing getting back into the gospels. Mm. Yeah. You know, Tatra and I were out to dinner last night and we were having a conversation just about my growing need for this very series. Like, I just feel like it couldn't have come at a more perfect time in my life. Personally, I am craving to be formed spiritually. Yeah. Yeah. I think something that I've really started to form a new thought in, and I'm so grateful for it, is that it's easy for me to sink into the idea that I've become a Christian and now I've got to do all these things to mm-hmm. maintain my Christian status. Mm-hmm. And not to, I mean, of course, like we need to <laughs> remain standard, righteous yeah. and, sure, and hold a standard, yeah. but it's not about the things we do. It's about the journey we go on. And yeah. of course, as we're going on this spiritual journey and forming spiritually, the things we do will come naturally because we're modeling our life after Jesus. Mm-hmm. And Jesus was very busy at work in the in the work of the kingdom. So sure. I think for me, it's so encouraging to sit at the feet of Jesus in the gospels like this, seeing how did he work his day-to-day life? What did he do? What made him tick? What made him go? Mm-hmm. And for me, it's not. And then, so then the outcome has been the things that I do for the kingdom mm-hmm. have been the things that I get to do yeah. for the kingdom yeah. because it's of my journey. Yep. Yeah. So that's yeah. been very I much love that. enlightening. I love that. Thanks for sharing. 
Yeah. Okay. So bringing us to today, yeah. what are we going to dive into today, Tacho? Yeah. So we've, we've laid quite a bit of groundwork over the last couple of weeks, defining spiritual formation and the role that spiritual disciplines play in that. Um, we're now diving into our second discipline, right? We discussed solitude. Yeah. Now we're getting into scripture reading. And, you know, you read Matthew chapter four, one through 11, which is just such a powerful passage that we mm. often refer back to in our Christian lives. And I always find it so fascinating that the weapon that Jesus used against Satan, like the most epic battle in the Bible, right? right? He didn't pull out a sword. He didn't pull out a, you know, a spear or anything like that. He used the word of God and he came back ultimately saying over and over, it is written and then would quote scripture like a boss. And, you know, you you can put it all different kinds of way, but the bottom line is Jesus knew the word. And, and so what's so crucial in our spiritual formation, in our spiritual journey is that we base everything off of the word of God, that we never get too lofty or go beyond the the holy scriptures and making Amen. our standards that and so really what i hope to explore today is not only the importance of knowing the scriptures but different ways and avenues that we can dive into the scriptures to really help us come to know them more but also to apply them into our lives hmm. and i'm really really excited to have um, jake ostrowski in on this series because he was a he was a major influence on this series i called him back in april i, I shared uh, on the first podcast that um, that I had a little bit of extra time to read as we were on maternity and paternity leave. And um, Jake actually recommended some really crucial books for this topic, and they have just been so fascinating. So I'm really excited to hear from him um, as he takes us on this journey of unpacking scripture reading. Mm, excited to have our first PhD candidate yeah. of this season. Yeah, well. exactly. And that's funny. That reminds me. So on the first episode, I said something along the lines of, you know, you don't have to be a PhD to follow Jesus, but man, well. it sure does help to have a friend who's in a PhD <laughs> program because yeah. man, it enlightens us. It really helps us to go deep. And I just appreciate um, not only going deep, but making it practical and really bringing our spiritual lives to life. Mm. And I'm excited to dive into that conversation with him today as it pertains to scripture reading. Yeah. I mean, we are just three friends in search of deeper faith and deeper community. And it is so vital that we invite those with wisdom into our life, Absolutely. deeper knowledge and sit at their feet. So I'm super excited to have Jake on for today. Um, let me go ahead and pull up his bio. Awesome. Very excited about this one. Jake, along with his wife, Bethany, served in the full-time ministry for 14 years in Alabama, Georgia, South Africa, and most recently in New Hampshire. They relocated to San Antonio in the summer of 2021 so Jay could pursue a PhD in contemporary Christian spirituality. He enjoys spending time with his three kiddos, drinking great coffee, nerding out with the Bible, and going for an early morning run. We're really stoked to have Jay Kostrowski on the show today. Jake, welcome to the Wrestling With Faith podcast, man. It is good to have you on. How are you doing today? Oh, thank you guys so much for having me. It's great to be here doing doing well. Excited to be able to talk and chat about the Bible. Yeah, man. So talk to me a little bit more about what's going on at Oblate right now. What year are you in? What does it look like to be in a PhD program? So speak to me as if I know nothing about what you're doing and and about the program at Oblate. Sure. So I uh, have just started my second year at the Oblate School of Theology, which is here in San Antonio, Texas. And we study, the particular PhD program I'm in is on contemporary Christian spirituality. So we, what we do is we look at the breadth of Christian lived experience um, from through the through the Bible and then on through Christian tradition. And then we figure out how can we take the lived experience of the tradition and apply it to the uniqueness of our day, age, and time. Wow. Yeah. So it's really fun. I get to spend most of my days in the basement of the uh, Benson <laughs> Building at the Oblate School of Theology, reading lots of dead people who uh, some of them are endlessly fascinating and some of their writings never end. So it's just kind of yes. finding, finding that sweet spot. Yeah. But uh, no, I, I love what I get to do. There, there are many days where I... Uh, I'm reading, sipping my coffee, and just have this very profound, serendipitous moment of, God, thank you that I get to be here, and that this is the work I get to do. amazing. Wow. 
So, okay. So I'd love to understand how you got there and kind of to kick us off on that. Sure. I did try to look for your social media. I don't think you have any Instagram. That is one of my spiritual disciplines. Nice. Well, I'm okay with that. So what I ended up doing instead was um, (laughs) I decided to- You did the Jake Ostrowski Google rabbit hole. I did. Deep dive. There's a college football player named Jake Ostrowski. I think there's a baseball player too. So Uh, There's all sorts of college athletes and different types of athletes. However, your name did come up in in a Disciples Today article. Sure. And and this is the picture. That's one of the best pictures I've ever taken. Yes. This is a great photo of you and your family. It's all gone downhill from there. (laughs) No, no. so I just want to understand this Jake. Sure. And this is 2015. Yep. So you know this photo. Yes, I do. Okay, great photo of you and your family. Thank you. Describe, (laughs) I guess it's been seven years. Yeah. So without going in crazy long time, maybe just what from 2015, this new position in New Hampshire that I just Googled (laughs) brought you, you know, why spiritual formation, why Christian contemporary spirituality, what brought you here to San Antonio? Right. So we, uh, after serving mostly in the American Southeast and then in South Africa, we ended up in New Hampshire. I'm a native New Englander, so got to be closer to home, which was really special to me and to ultimately to my family. Um, I went from leading kind of mostly college ministry to leading a region of a, of a church where most of our members were kind of middle-aged adults. So I moved there when we were 30 and I was the youngest male member of our church at 30. That's a big change. So very faithful, good hearted people who, and I think they would admit this if any of them listen, that were just stuck, Hmm. like really stuck in their faith. Their faith had become very repetitive uh, and stagnant hmm. and not in a way where they were in danger of leaving God, but in danger of living out their days without much forward progress. So that was kind of the situation I was in. And if I was candid, that's where I was too. I was just in my young thirties, sure, just kind of really stagnant stuck. I'd seen some of the dreams I had for being in the ministry, um, not disappear, but certainly not things had not turned out the way I saw. Because you just come from South Africa. Just come from South Africa and where some of my selfish ambition desired them to go. Mm. Um, So I was kind of in the spot of, well, how is it, how is it that we actually grow? Like, how do people not get stuck? How do we continue becoming more and more like Jesus Mm. as our years as followers of Jesus continue, as we continue in our, our journey of apprenticeship after Jesus? So through a number of different situations, I stumbled into the teaching of Bridgetown Church and John Mark Comer up in Portland, Oregon. And John Mark Comer is a prolific reader and a prolific quoter in his sermons. Yeah. So I just started we picking- We love that guy. I know. Um, <laughs> I just started picking up on some of the names that would come up repeatedly in his teachings, other okay. than like Jesus. Um, and it was Dallas Willard and Richard Foster and Henry Nowen. And I started, and, and Ron Rollheiser, who I get to study under now at Oblate. And I just started going out and buying books and falling in love with the spiritual formation tradition hmm. um, and with disciplines and with, with a life of expectancy. I think that's what that period gave back to me was this life of, oh, it's only going to get better. Like I love my trajectory because I see myself becoming more and more like Jesus. And during that time, I was also seriously considering going back and getting a master's degree. And I thought about theology for a while. And then I thought doing some more kind of an expository preaching. But as I got deeper into the spiritual formation tradition, I said to myself, what? I think this is what I want to look at. Like, this is what I'm really interested in. And this is what I think my church and other followers of Jesus in our fellowship really, really need. Mm. So through a number of, again, just crazy how God worked, I ended up going to Lincoln Christian University in Illinois and got a master's degree in spiritual formation um, that took a few years. What was that like? Uh, It was incredible. Um, I remember... 
they do an interview, like a uh, inter, uh, just an interview to kind of see, so essentially see if you're a good fit for their program. Right. And I remember praying before that. I'm like, with the program director, I'm like, God, this man is going to become incredibly formative in my life. I have to figure out if I actually want to be like this guy. Mm. And it was a man named Dr. Wow. J.K. Jones, who was a spiritual formations pastor at Eastview Christian Church in Normal, Illinois. And he is one of the most kind-hearted, genuine, just Christ-like men I have ever been around. So for two years, I would spend a lot of my time reading and reading the spiritual, now what I would call the spiritual formation classics. And then twice a semester, I'd fly to Illinois for weekend classes hmm. and just got to learn from these amazing um, folks on this journey. And we, you know, talked about the role of scripture and prayer and, um, and even through that, it's a school involved in kind of the Stone Campbell restoration movement, which the ICOC comes out of. So I got to learn about my own history, our own history. And what are some of the things that have influenced why we do what we do um, that I'd always been curious about. So that was incredible. I just had the most amazing experience. So I wrote my final paper in lockdown during COVID. And I wrote on uh, how essentially how monasticism is a great model for COVID spiritual formation. Because <laughs> essentially we had yeah. had this little monastery in our home in New Hampshire. So I wrote yeah. on St. Benedict and Dietrich Bonhoeffer and uh, a number of other folks who kind of advocated for a neo-monastic way of life. Wow. And uh, I turned it in and um, did, did fairly, did really well. And then about a week after, you know, after you turn in a significant paper, you're just tired and exhausted. And, right. um, and then about a week after I turned it in, I looked at my wife and I'm like, I already miss being in school. And it, that comment kind of tapped into, I would say, a number of years where I was trying to figure out my own vocation. And I, I was an evangelist and was uh, on, on, in line for a promotion. Our senior minister was getting ready to retire. And it had been expressed by the elders that they wanted my wife and I to become the senior ministry couple in New Hampshire, which we loved New Hampshire and we loved the elders. And if we were going to stay in the ministry, we wanted it to be there. Hmm. Um, but ultimately, I had to do some good soul searching with some friends and my spouse and say, who am I really? What am I really good at? And what's my best contribution to what God's doing in the world? And that led me to, well, I think I'm more of a ecclesial teacher than an evangelist. I think my gifts and what brings out the best in me is when I wake up in the morning and, and, and am given the time to only think about scripture and how to help people grow in their walk with Jesus and not have to think about how to grow the church. And someone needs to think about how to grow the church. Right. Yeah. We need evangelists. Yeah. yeah. Um, but what brings out the best in me is not focusing my time and energy on that specifically, but on how can we help people become more like Jesus, love the scriptures, love God. Um, so that ultimately led me to oblate and mm. just uh, what I knew about the program here and studying uh, spirituality, which is not formation directly, although formation is a sort of a spirituality, right. um, but okay. it's kind of the best of how, how Christians have learned to follow an apprentice under Jesus the last 2000 years and how we can incorporate that into who we are and who we're becoming as a people. Hmm. Man, I can only imagine standing on the precipice of changing your vocation and like like going from being an evangelist with the trajectory and the church and all this kind of stuff and, and taking a, I mean, a hard right turn. That's a scary place to be. How, how would you say that affected your walk with God, your own spiritual formation as you were wrestling with those questions and trying to figure out what God was going to do through you and for you? So I was ready. So God had just opened up so many doors for, for us to make this move. Uh -huh. um, to San Antonio. To San Antonio and to the program. Okay. Um, we just got a number of yeses, but we got our first no with some funding stuff, some 
you know, I have three kids. I have undergrad student loan debt. I have grad student loan debt for that matter. Um, <laughs> so it's kind of, how are we going to pay for all this? And, mm. um, and we just got, heard some no on some funding. So I was kind of ready to be like, no, I'm This is just not going to happen. Okay. So I'm going to, we'll be okay. Um, and then I remember talking to the senior minister, one of the elders in New Hampshire, who was very supportive of me pursuing this. Um, he continually reassured me, not because he wanted me to leave, uh, but because he thought this could be <laughs> a good great. fit. Hmm. And uh, we sat down at a coffee shop and he's like, hey, catch me up. What's going on with school? And I told him, I'm like, yeah, I just don't think it's going to work out. And he's like, no, I still think you should apply. He's like, why wouldn't you apply? I'm like, well, the money. And he's like, I, I'm like, I don't know if, you know, I'm a minister, budget's tight. I don't know if even the application. He's like, oh, I'll pay for your application. I'll pay for you to apply. Wow. So what else is stopping you? What was that guy's name again? Mike. Uh, <laughs> Mike Fix. Yeah. Um, the Fix Scholarship. Yes. Yeah, there you go. And uh, so I'm like, okay. He's like, so what else would stop you? And I'm like, well, if I'm really honest... As long as I don't apply, this is always still an option. Mm. But if I apply and don't get in, that's it. The dream's right. dead. It's kind of like close and he basically's like, "That's that's bunk." <laughs> and kind of right around that time, and this will somewhat tie into what we're. I know we want to talk about tonight. I was doing some lectio divina, some scripture reading. Okay. And just really praying for God. I just need to hear from you. And I was reading in Isaiah, and there's this part of Isaiah where it talks about how I'm going to provide another way. Wow. And it was that week where I found out I wasn't, this one area of funding wasn't going to be there. So, and, and it was one of those, in that moment, you feel, okay, God is directly speaking to me. Hmm. And I know we'll talk about, you always need to be careful with stuff like that, that you're not just reading mm, what you sure, want yep. into it. Yeah. And I know we'll talk about that, but... God was directly speaking, and I've, I've felt this very definitive sense of, Jake, I, I have another way for you. Wow. Keep leaning into who I've called you to be, mm. essentially. Um, so at that point, I honestly felt like I have no choice. <laughs> so this is it. Like, I have <laughs> to follow through on this. Mm. And my wife was really supportive. We started going for these prayer walks around those times, and her prayers were... God, if it's not good for our family, shut this door. Hmm. And that was her repetitive <laughs> prayer every day. Mm. This isn't going to be good for our family. And uh, so that, so much so, so kind of all that came together that when I got in, it was, well, of, of course we're going to go. Like, right. there's no way, it would be disobedient. That's how we felt. It would be disobedient yeah. for us not to go. So I think by... By the time all that kind of came up, Josh, I think, how did it form me? It formed me into a more obedient person. Wow. Wow. Um, it formed me into the kind of man who was not going to allow himself to make excuses for why he wasn't going to obey the prompting of God. Hmm. Man, I am uh, humbled by your perspective. Yep. There are been there have been so many seasons in my own life when I feel like I've been tossing back and forth ideas on what to do and what not to do, and I can assure you guys that that has not always been my form of, of obedience. Yeah. I'm yeah. more like I complain until God makes it obvious, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I just I'm so encouraged to hear from from a man of wisdom and, and, and righteousness. Yes, you can roll your eyes and I'm sure there was hard times where you didn't feel it, but I mean, I'm just so encouraged sure. to hear how you handled such a massive decision and yeah. then ultimately having the clarity of mind and also the tie in being tethered to God's word to go, I'm going to be obedient to where I'm called. And wow. I'm excited to just sit down with you to talk about this because I, I can totally tell you that you are totally called to this. Well, thank yep, you. Absolutely. No, I, again, I love what I get to do, and I, um, I love the academy. I love my colleagues. Mm. I love academic conferences. I'm a nerd, and that'll it. come out. I'm a Bible nerd. I'm a coffee nerd. I'm a Star Wars nerd. I'm a sports nerd. I'm a nerd nerd. Like I just don't know how to not nerd out on things. Yes. Um, so I love what I get to do, but ultimately, I just want to serve the church in whatever way I can, and. 
be a help to people's souls. Um, and wherever that takes me, wherever God, I know this is a part of it, is getting to spend this directed season of study um, to hopefully take what I've learned and what God's allowed me to explore and uh, offer it to, to people I love. you so much for for sharing your your story I, I feel as Josh put it very humbled but also inspired mm. to lean into what God is doing in our lives to be in tune with what God is doing in our lives and I'm just I'm very very grateful to have a living example of that sitting across the room from me um, well I know you touched on Lectio Divina and scripture reading and we actually wanted to kick off as we explore our discipline on scripture reading what role would you say scripture reading plays? in our spiritual formation? I mean, it's hard to overstate how important a role the Bible plays in who we're becoming. Sure. Hmm. Um, so there's, there's many different angles we can take on that. I mean, everything from all the other disciplines and practices that we emphasize, we, we emphasize because we find them in the pages of the Bible. Absolutely. Hmm. So, we see Sabbath, we see silence and solitude, desert, we see prayer, um, we see fasting, everything else, all these other disciplines, we find their their core, their basis in the scriptures. Mm -hmm. Now, then we look to how through the tradition, men and women have put those things into practice because we we need to know, we need to kind of get perspective on, okay, how have people fasted and how have people done Sabbath and um, how have these things looked and done evangelism and hospitality or whatever else. Mm -hmm. um, so on that level, then there's the level of Jesus just assumes, you read about yeah. the life of Jesus and there's this assumption that the Bible and the scriptures are going to play a formative role in our lives because they clearly played a formative role in Jesus's life. Yep. Wow. I mean, from everything from you take like Luke three. So Jesus and his family go on this road trip uh, to celebrate one of the Jewish feasts. They're in Jerusalem, his parents and their crew and the, the rest of their kind of family, their travel mates leave. Jesus decides I need to stay and hang out with the Bible teachers a little bit more to yep. figure some more <laughs> of these things out. Um, and clearly had great insight, but from a young age, from 12 years old, he's like, well, I need to, I need to understand mm. the scriptures. And then you go in to say the Sermon on the Mount. And it's one way to look at the Sermon on the Mount. This is not the only way, but it's a commentary on the Old Testament. Mm. It's, you have heard it said, I say this. Now, that's a very rabbinic, first century rabbinic sure. way of communicating those things. But it's, you've heard this, well, I'm telling you what, essentially what Moses actually meant. Wow. was mm -hmm. this. This is what he was pointing towards. Mm -hmm. To the passage I know you you led with tonight, which was Jesus's, uh, he combated the temptations of the accuser of the Satan with particularly the Torah, particularly with the law, with Deuteronomy and the, the law of Moses. So Jesus, and that doesn't even include that's the thing is there's a lot of direct references, but mm. the allusions of Jesus in the New Testament writers to the Old Testament are almost uncountable. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to go much more than a couple sentences in the New Testament without there being some implicit or explicit sure. reference to the Old Testament or to the point. scriptures. So for Jesus, there's just an assumption the Bible is going to be a part of who you become. Um, it's going to it's going to help form you into the type of man or woman I want you to be because it helped form Jesus. Hmm. It's a part of what we understand about the humanity of Jesus is he was divine but human. So the Bible was one of the things that formed Jesus and thus it will form his followers. Hmm. Wow. Man, it is it is assumed that we are deep within the scriptures. I just love that point. So, for those of us who are new to scripture reading, and and also for those of us you know who maybe we know the Bible but we're new to 
this idea that there's all these ways you can dive into it. Sure. Right? But how would you advise us to approach the holy word of God? What about the, you know, and maybe you can also move on to as well, like those of us who've been around for a while. Sure. So I, I think if you don't know the Bible well, if you didn't grow up around the Bible, haven't read the Bible much, first of all, just know all of us think it's intimidating. Yep. Um, like yeah. all of us, there. it's a collection. We call it a book, but it's really a collection. It's a library of 66 different books written over the course of, we don't know exactly, but between 1,500 and 2,000 years and languages that are not our own and cultures that are not our own and candidly styles that we're not accustomed to. Wow. Um, so like, I don't go around reading prophetic poetry in my spare time for fun. Like I didn't take sure. that, yeah. I didn't take no. that in freshman lit class. That wasn't right. a part right. of it. Yeah. Um, like there's not been a Netflix series that I'm aware of. Like right. Brene Brown said up there, let me teach you how to be emotionally healthy, healthy through reading prophetic poetry. Yeah. So like that's intimidating. I don't yeah. read really any poetry, let alone prophetic poetry. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so I think just know, first of all, it is, it's, it can be intimidating. Yeah. You're, it's totally reasonable. Mm. That would be the first thing I would say. So number two is, well, so, so start and just get a, a simple daily habit of reading some portion, particularly of the gospels on a daily basis. So I, two things there I think are important. One, in reading the gospels, we're, we're ultimately Christianity is about Jesus. So we're apprentices of Jesus. We are trying to model and practice our lives so that we can be with him, we can be like him, we can do what he did to use John Mark Homer's framework. So the more we can expose our minds and our hearts to Jesus, to who he is, to what he was like, to what he did um, through the lens of the gospels, the the better off we will be. Um, And particularly Matthew, Mark, Luke, um, kind of what we call the synoptic. Hopefully that doesn't confuse people more. But um, those gospels that kind of have a very linear moving story, uh, man, it's just getting into Jesus' head, getting into his life, learning from him. Man, that's so helpful. Hmm. The other thing I said is daily. Um, a couple things happen with daily. One, the more you do something, the better you get at it, yeah. largely. Uh, that's not always true, but you know, so we're sitting in, you know, Tacho's office, we're looking at his wall of guitars and if he stopped playing for a year or two years or five years, that would have an effect over his playing. Or if he never, if he just wanted to show off by having a super sweet wall of guitars that he never (laughs) played in the first place because he thought it made him look cooler. Which it does. It does. (laughs) Um, don't get me wrong. Yes, I'm impressed. Uh, but so there's something about just the, what happens when you do something repetitively. Um, so when you're reading, you pick up on themes, Mm. you pick up on style, you pick up on flow, you start to see characters, you start to see just these things over and over and that, that your eyes start keying to, which is what the gospel writers meant for you to see. And that only happens kind of through repetition in time. Mm. Um, the other thing is, so on any given day, reading the Bible will not move your emotional or spiritual meter at all that you notice. But you do, just like if you go to the gym on any given day, you won't see the effect of your workout or you go for a run, on any given day, you won't see the effect of your run. But you do that, you go to the gym every day for a month, or you run five times a week for a year, and a year from now, you'll see the cumulative effect of what that's done to your health. And it's the same that's true with reading the scriptures, Hmm. is if you immerse yourself in the story of Jesus and the people of God, Every day, for a year, for a month, don't go crazy, for a month, you'd be surprised how much that simple, the cumulative effect of doing that starts to have on how you think, on who you're becoming, on how you react, 
on the on the condition and quality of your soul. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yes, yeah, so that's what I'd say for for folks who have maybe have not dug into the Bible a lot. Consistency with the story of Jesus. Hmm. Well, it's funny that you say those who haven't dived in a lot, because I feel the same way as someone I've been around now for, you know, I've only been a follower of Jesus and apprentice of Jesus, as you said, for seven years. So it's kind of crazy. So as you were having that formative time in New Hampshire, I was coming to Jesus for the first time. Right. So, you know, there's been a lot that's happened in the last seven years and I'm so well aware that I'm very much in my infancy state of my, you know, like my following of Jesus, but it is easy to start to become kind of the old, the old dog. And, you know, <laughs> oh, I want to be spiritually formed and you're telling me to just read the Bible. Like, come on, man. That's like, like, that's like freshman idea. You know what I mean? Like, sure. so, so I, you know, for me, it's easy to move on to deeper forms of learning and podcasts and I love podcasts. Obviously we host one, but you know, or, or <laughs> deep dive YouTube channels or this or that and kind of ignore my daily reading. And I have found um, that, like you said, when I dive back into the simple, obedient task of daily reading, it, like you said, over time, it just drastically changes everything. Let me tell you what that's like. Because podcasts, books, all these things can be really helpful, right? Right. Um, and I, I, I'm one who does not pit information versus transformation against one another. I think they're they play off of each other. They're hundred percent. They're dance partners, and we can talk about that. But so, but when you're relying on your podcast or YouTube video, I don't want to cap on anybody. Your Bible project or whoever, which That's all I great. love their resources. Um, so I really love uh, like the YouTube videos where they show the diets of the bodybuilders. Like I'm endlessly fascinated by what people who weigh 300 pounds with 2% body fat eat um, and how much rice. And, like, it's just endlessly fascinating. What a rabbit hole. I know. I'm a nerd as I previously I expressed. Um, so that's great that I know, that I know that if I want to grow my body to 250 pounds of muscle, that if I eat six meals a day that mostly consist of, of rice, white meat, chicken, with mustard on it and maybe some vegetables and lots of egg whites. Like, I'm glad I know I can do that. But until I go out and do that, it actually doesn't help me at all. So what those resources do is they give you direction as you go back into the scriptures, but they cannot replace you actually doing it yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's the thing even to remember with great resources. And I'm, again, I'm a... I'm training to be a scholar, so I'm around books and resources all day long. Mm. Um, but the, in terms of my formation, that cannot replace. It can supplement, it can encourage, it can come alongside, but it cannot replace just the simple act of reading. Hmm. Yeah, and I'm grateful that you're tapping into your own formation, and obviously— there are a lot of different ways that we can approach the scriptures for our own transformation, formation, whatever word you want to use. I, I wanted to ask you, like personally, especially as you're getting a PhD, you've been a, a Christian for quite some time now. What approaches to the scriptures have been helpful in your own personal formation? Right. So I think there's a couple different ways, a couple different things I would say. Um, so I, I do study and I do think study is really, really important. Um, so you, you look at Matthew 4, which we referenced. So Jesus had the Bible memorized, but he also knew the Bible, knew informationally the Bible well enough to know when, when Satan was misusing the Bible, mm. when the Sedan was not handling correctly. So I do love to study. I do love, you know, geeking out on rhetorical criticism and, you know, potential who was, I'm, I'm probably going to write my dissertation on First Peter. So who was First Peter written to and all this different stuff. I love mm, all awesome. that stuff. That's important. Um, it safeguards you against the Bible, meaning whatever you want to at any given moment that makes you it's feel better point. about yourself or your situation. So knowing it, and we'll all have different levels of that, right? So a couple books about, I know, I think you guys have probably talked to Robert Mulholland, mm-hmm. Invitation to a Journey, and he has a big section about how your personality type affects mm-hmm. the way you interact with the disciplines, and he uses Myers-Briggs. Yeah, what are you? Uh, I'm an 
introvert, intuitive, I-N-T-J. Oh, that's no. what I am. I'm an, I, I don't right. meet very many INTJs. No, you don't. <laughs> I'm an INFJ. Okay. Um, and then there's another one. So if, if Myers-Briggs is not your bag, there's a guy named, uh, uh, what's his name? AJ Schwaboda, I think is, no. Forgive me, I can't remember his name. But the book is, is called um, Enneagram for Spiritual Formation. Um, so if you're more of an Enneagram and I'm a four, um, so if you're more of an Enneagram and he does kind of a similar thing where he talks about the different disciplines that help, uh, strengthen different Enneagram types. Wow. Enneagram for spiritual formation. Yes. Okay. His name's AJ Sherrill. AJ Sherrill is his name. Um, so that's also a great resource. So depending on your personality type and who God's made you to be, your level of study will be different and that's totally okay. That's why you have guys like me. So I get formed by being a nerd. Hmm. Like that's okay. Like, in the basement. Right in the basement. <laughs> like that's, Paul was a nerd. Yeah. Like Paul was a biblical scholar. Right. So that's all right. You need those. But if, if for you, if your capacity, it's not a, it's not a mark of your intelligence, but your capacity and your gifting. Mm-hmm. We always need to remember that. This isn't a matter of, it's your gifting. So maybe it's just, okay, before I read Matthew, I'm going to pull up the Matthew uh, Bible Project video. And I'm just going to look at, get a better idea of what I'm about to wade into. Mm. So study, um, that's a big part of, of my deal. Um, I, I The big one and the, my most consistent Bible companion, the last several years has been Lectio Divina. Mm. Lectio Divina. So Lectio Divina is a Latin phrase that just means divine reading, essentially. And it's been, you can kind of trace the tradition. It's hard. We don't, you can kind of trace it to the middle part of the first millennia. Um, But it was kind of formalized by a Italian monk in the 13th or the 12th or 13th century. And it's this four kind of step by, I would call it a Bible meditation exercise. Um, so the first step is, is Lectio. So Lectio is just Latin for, essentially for reading. So in it, you pick a text, usually nothing super long. Um, I actually have an app a Lectio Divina app oh, that nice. gives me that gives me a new text every day. What? So, technology. Um, I know. I love technology has some advantages. So Thursdays is the Gospels. Wednesdays it gives me a Psalm. Uh, Tuesdays is usually something from the New Testament, um, kind of the letters, and then Mondays is usually some kind of Old Testament text. And then you just read it. And you reread it and you reread it all with this prayer. I always spend a, a minute before I get into the text just praying, God, I want to hear from you today. Um, kind that. of that prayer of, of Samuel, kind of mm-hmm. speak for your servant is listening. Mm. And it's it's grounding your heart on the, I want to hear what God has for me through the scriptures today. So, and then you go into it and you reread and you reread. And what you're looking for is where does the spirit pop. Like, where is the spirit pulling your mind and heart towards? Mm. It's a phrase. It can be a word. It can be a whole verse, but it's what is the spirit kind of pulling my heart and mind towards? Mm. Um, And then the second uh, stage is called meditatio, and it's just a meditation. So whatever that phrase is, you just think it through and it's Okay, God, help me. What does this have to do? Where am I at? How does this help? And I usually pull out my note. This is, I usually pull out my notebook and uh, I write down whatever the word or phrase was. And then in my meditatio, I'm writing down, okay, what is this making me think? What is this pulling out in me? Hmm. What could this reveal in me? So like this morning, um, I was reading in the phrase, prayer in all occasions, just popped. Um, Cause you know, I, I pray in the morning along with my Lectio, but there's just areas in my prayer life that have just got lost in the midst of study. Hmm. And I've stopped praying all occasions. And I have elementary age kids. I cannot afford to do that. <laughs> um, 
if I love them, I want to see them do great. I I can't do it. I need Jesus. So so I just started journaling. Okay, what does this make me think? Um, and then the next step. So it's it's lectio, meditatio, and then it's oratatio, which is where we get our word oritate from. But it's prayer. It's a prayerful response to God to what the Spirit is stirring in you through the Word. So I tend to do that. I get lost in my own head. Like I don't, I can't pray in my head very well. Um, and I don't pray very well out loud at this point either. Some, so it depends what I'm doing. Um, so, but I keep the journal out and I'm journaling my prayers. And the advantage of that too is then you can go back and look at it and see, man, what has God done in the last six mm-hmm. months in my wow, heart? Yeah. I love that. So it's a response. It's so God, I, so this morning, I, I don't have that notebook with me, but um, it's, okay, God, here's where I need to repent. Here's where I need to change. Here's where I feel encouraged. Hmm. Here's where I feel empowered. Here's where you have uh, reinforced your goodness in my life. Here's where you're, you're reinforced my need for growth in my life. Um, and then the last stage, I believe is called contemplatio. I wrote this down to make sure it is. And it's kind of a contemplation. There's several things you can do. It depends. Everybody has a little different take on contemplatio. So some of it, it's just a resting in God's goodness is one of the things people talk about. I like the idea of, and, and I have a weaker imagination, so it's actually not my strongest in all this. Um, the other idea that it kind of taps into is I like to call it spiritual daydreaming. So what would be possible? Okay. I, I like to, it's kind of this, what would be possible if this was actually true in my life? Wow. What? How would things look? Wow. Who would I be? I love that. What would life be like Wow. if this was actually true in my life? <laughs> um, so that's kind of my day-to-day companion. Mm. And I do that along with, I also do a read a Bible in a year plan. So I do those two things together. Because I do think there is great. just uh, massive doses of God's word just does something to us. So I do both those things together. So it's lectio, meditatio, oratatio, and contemplatio. Yes. So <laughs> let me just throw this out too. There's a great book called Divine Intervention okay. by a man named Tony Jones. It's out of print. I would not buy anything else Tony Jones wrote, by the way, but I would buy that book. Okay. If you can find it. I think I am occasionally on Amazon, but it's just a simple guide. He walks you through. Um, kind of that process, kind of a lectio divina. Lectio divina, but um, if you there's also another great book by Richard Foster about scripture reading. It's called Life with God, I think. Yes, it's Life with God. That's about the role of scripture in spiritual formation, Mm. Hmm. and he has a section on lectio in there that's really helpful as well. Wow. You're adding to our book list. Um, Sorry. No, Which is no, ever no, no, no. It's okay. That's a great thing. Don't apologize for that. Jake, I, I really appreciate everything you are teaching us right now. Um, and I like how you were talking about just the kind of differences that our personality types can play in in the way that we study and in our scripture reading. Um I am not a nerd <laughs> in my you. nature. High I'm school not... was much easier for you no, than it was for me, I'm sure. It was bad in different ways. I'm sure we might not have been friends in high school. Uh-huh. I respect that. Um, I feel like we would have been friends in I high school. I think so, too. Yeah. Not publicly, like privately. Mm, you... Secret friends. Secret friends. No, I was a nerd. <laughs> yeah, me and Tasha have actually talked about this. I think we would have dated in high school, actually, if we went to high school together, mm. but not for good reasons. Anyways. We're better high school sweethearts, kind of. <laughs> um, so I am not in my nature a nerd, but I do really desire great depth in my scripture reading. Um, and I've been trying to read the Bible every day for about 12 years now. What would you advise? Because I think a lot of our ministry, a lot of the people that are probably listening to this are similar to me in that, um, where we've been following Jesus for five, maybe 10 years. And maybe we feel like we've hit a bit of a wall in our scripture reading um, where, you know, I, I, I open the gospels. I, I love Jesus. I can keep rereading and rereading. And I know that I will never grow tired of that. But what would you encourage a person like me to take it one step further? That's a great question. Um, 
so I would ask what you have been doing. So like what have those 12 years or however long mm-hmm. looked like? Um, our educate. so we're formed by a number of different things. I know you guys have talked a little bit about that. Our education system has formed how we read mm-hmm. and we are trained to read lots. Like we're, yeah. so I'm in a PhD program. I read 500 to a thousand pages a week. Right. And I'm trained to read a lot of stuff and get what you can out of it. Cause we need to stuff as much in you as we can. So we're trained to read a lot. And even in our, sometimes in our spiritual culture, they can kind of be, I need to, I want to read a Bible in a year. I want to, you know, like, I, let me read a lot. Okay. Um, so I would generally encourage, and there's a time for that, but I would generally encourage all of us slow down. Mm. So one of the things, Eugene Peterson wrote this really brilliant book called Eat This Book. And it's about formation and scripture reading. And one of the things he points to is the idea of meditate, particularly as it appears in the Hebrew, is kind of this idea of gnawing or chewing. Um, It's kind of this idea of you, you... So I love a good steak. And I and I love a steak on the bone. Mm. Nice. And one of the things I love, it just tastes better. I'll, yes, it I'm does. I'm sorry, we can have a long conversation about that, but it just tastes better. <laughs> no, it's true. It, does, it does taste better. But one of the things that's beautiful after it's all done, whether it's ribeye, T-bone, whatever you got, um, is gnawing on the bone. Yes. And getting slowly getting every <laughs> morsel off. And that's, Eugene Peterson argues, that's the imagery for meditation in the Old wow. Testament of the word. Brilliant. <laughs> Maybe it's because I'm not a steak eater that I'm okay. not getting. For those <laughs> of us who are vegans that are listening, I'm not vegan, but maybe equated to broccoli or, <laughs> or a cauliflower. Or a cauliflower. On a piece get down of to tofu. the stem. Right. Um, so I, I'm trying to think of another analogy. I'm sorry for no. non No, that analogy was no, great. No, that makes a But lot it's of sense. kind of that idea of it's you savor it. Mm. So yeah. maybe it's the expensive glass of wine that you just slowly mm. sip. Yeah, because you want to taste, and it's the beauty of wine and coffee and some of these drinks. Their complexity, because there's so much there. The more you drink it, that you mm. didn't realize was there the first sip. Um, so it's true of the scriptures as well. Is and that that's been a part of scriptural interpretation since the beginning of the church is the literal meaning, and then there's a spiritual meaning, and then it kind of goes deeper. And sometimes people have gone crazy with their spiritual meanings of the text. But there is something to, I sit with it, I sip it, I slowly take it in. I, I, I'm not in a hurry to get beyond this sentence or, mm. this, or this paragraph or this chapter. I'm going to read it and reread it and reread it to try and take all the meat off the bone I can or savor every flavor and this cup of single origin, Ethiopian, naturally processed that I spent way too much money on, but it was worth it because every sip tastes a little different and it's beautiful. Hmm. So that's probably how I would say. Um, the other thing too is any, there's something about switching up a routine. Yeah. The, we get stuck, I mean, in our routines. I yeah, mean, we do. that's true. And I do. Yeah. I mean, there's something just about, I'm going to be in a different place. Hmm. Um, I'm going to go to a different place. I'm going to read a different translation of the Bible. Um, God did not write the NIV. Um, <laughs> Say that NIV. again, Jake. Say that again. God did not write the <laughs> NIV. Um, so there's other brilliant translations that are just a little change of a word allows you that is still yeah. faithful to the Greek, the Hebrew, the Aramaic. But that can you gnaw on it just a, you sip it a little bit slower, a little bit more. Um, so or, or other routines, and but there's always something so beautiful too about what becomes routine and habit. So I have three small kids. They're up, particularly our middle son is up early. So I have to get up early if I want quiet in the house when I first wake up. So, and I, this is not this is not to like to my spiritual horn. This is out of necessity for my sanity. Yeah, <laughs> okay? I get that. So Preach. I'm up, my alarm goes out at 445. Stop. Um, and I get up 
and I make coffee. And I'm a pour over guy. So we were talking earlier about our grinders. Yeah. Um, yeah. And all the new kettle I want that, you know, could fund children in an African school for months. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I don't own it. I haven't bought it. But I want but it. But you um, desire I need to it. repent. And maybe that's something I need to think about tomorrow with Jesus while I'm reading the Bible. But I make coffee and it's the routine. And I walk in to the living room and I turn on the light and I pull my Bible and my notebook off of the counter and put it next, put it on the couch. Um, and I put my pillow there because I like just resting my Bible on a pillow on my lap. And I go back and I get my coffee. I do have one of the mugs that self heats. So mm. I wait until my coffee is exactly 131 degrees and it holds the temperature there. Oh my and that, gosh. that goes off. On, it's, oh, I'm such a nerd. Um, <laughs> But it's there's something beautiful too about just that kind of routine that you've done for a long time that still doesn't feel like a routine. It still feels fresh and new. Mm. Like um, a sacred moment. A sacred yeah. It's I know Josh, you and I talked about this recently, but something in the Celtic tradition, which I think is beautiful, is Celtic Christians have this notion that there are places they say where the veil grows thin between God's space and our space. Mm. And you can feel it, it's palpable. You feel this, to, to, to I'm 37, so I have late 90s cred. Um, it's that Google Doll song, I'm the closest to heaven I've ever been. Yes. And it's there's spaces that are the closest to heaven mm. and the corner of my couch with a cup of single origin and my Bible and my notebook, it's just, it's a space where the veil runs thin. I love that. So it's finding that spot for you. Yeah. Hopefully that answers your question. That's fantastic. It absolutely does. Thank you. Jake, this has been uh, this has been really enlightening. Absolutely. Just a special moment here to sit and hear you. There's something about hearing someone so passionate about a subject mm -hmm. just go head first in and yep. jump and we kind of follow them like with the GoPro trying to catch every moment. And that's just been really cool to hear you speak so knowledgeably, but also so with so much curiosity. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's one thing that I would be taking away from today would be your intense amount of curiosity when it comes to the word of our God, because it's so easy for the, the malaise to set in on my spiritual life and to no longer be curious about what the spirit of the living God is trying to tell me through the word. So as we close out today, I just really want to highlight that. And I also just wanted to ask one last question. Um, just as we go forth into this season and as we go forth on our spiritual journey, and I'm going to dive into some Lecto Divina, what, what's just one thing that you, is there anything that you want to say before we close out? Any kind of closing thoughts on the act of spiritual reading when it comes to our formation? Well, one, I, I, that's a great question. Um, I think you said one thing, so I'm going to try and keep it to one. Um, it could be more than that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a scholar. I never, I've never run out of things to say. Um, so I, here, I would say, yikes, maybe not. Maybe I don't have anything else to add. Um, That's okay. Maybe just an invitation to journey. Well, so I would say that just enjoy, enjoy Jesus. Hmm. Um. So I, I think that's the thing that gets me back into the Bible day in and day out. At this point, very rarely do I enter my time in the Word as, some, as a sense of responsibility or duty. I think those feelings are okay for a season because they keep you doing things that are right when you don't feel like it until you want to do them again. Um, I think that's... but. Do everything you can just to foster that sense and that feeling of, and I do, I, I love just hanging out with Jesus. Mm. Like I love hearing from him. I think he loves hearing from me. Um, I 
I think he loves the jokes I make, which may or may not be funny. That's up to him. Um, I think Jesus has an expansive sense of humor that could include some of the jokes I make. <laughs> um, I love that we share coffee together every morning. I love how desperate I feel for him. I love... I love that realization that I know at this point I can't do it without. Um, so anything you do to foster that sense of, I just love being with Jesus and the way that inter- intersects with the scriptures of, I just love hearing from him. Um, and I love hearing for how he still speaks into my life and into my reality. I think that is just a technique you can learn techniques the rest of your life. You can learn principle, all those things. But if you learn to love, that will carry you through a whole lot. So anything you do to do that, that's huge. Thanks, Jake. It's been really great to have you on our podcast. Absolutely. And I am so glad that we're friends because this opened up a whole new slew of questions that I get to ask you when we grab coffee. <laughs> Well, thank you guys for having me. It's been great to be here. Yeah. Thanks, Jake. Um, Jake, I just, I feel like I can't thank you enough um, because you have given me, and I hope you have given our listeners the sense of excitement to get up tomorrow and read my Bible. Mm. Um, I just feel, I feel inspired. I feel called higher. I feel like I want to go deeper. I'm not a coffee person, but I need to find my drink with Jesus. Um, But I, I just feel very grateful for just how you speak out of such a personal overflow of your, of course, you're doing all of the academia and things like that, but just your personal walk with Jesus and apprenticeship to him just overflows out of everything that you say. And um, I'm just incredibly, incredibly grateful that you're here with us tonight. Thank you. I know we had mentioned that um, we were in for a treat and treat is an understatement. Mm. And I just feel as Hannah put it, very grateful. I feel very inspired. I think if there's um, one thing, which it's hard to choose just one after hearing all the many things you just shared, but I think if there's one thing that I feel inspired to do even tomorrow morning is to just simply ask God the question, God, what do you want to say? And to look intently into the word, trying to find the answer to that question. God, what do you want to say? And give me the courage to apply it. Give me the courage to live it out as you have so faithfully done. So thank you for for being here. Thank you for teaching, um, but for also just sharing your life with us. So we really, really appreciate it. I, for one, feel just so challenged to stop treating the Word of God like Netflix content. Like I'm just going to scroll until I find something that I like, but to be eternally and confidently curious of what more can I find? Not just be passive in my learning with God, but to be active and, and to really like to live a life where and I and I really couldn't emphasize enough how much I loved you weren't saying go up, wake up tomorrow and, and read the entire New Testament and that makes you like you were just saying it's the simple actions of the day to day reading over the course of time shapes you and molds you and um, I'm I feel challenged to be more curious. And I hope that our listeners feel inspired and challenged and called higher, but most of all, just feel encouraged that their journey is only beginning and that they, like, if they feel like they've, oh, I've kind of read it all and I don't have anything to learn, like, rest assured you are completely wrong and there is so much more to dive into. So I, um, yeah, this was a really, really awesome conversation. Thanks, Jake. Oh, thanks again for having me. And until next time, you guys are listening to the Wrestling With Faith podcast. We will see you next week. See ya. As we close out today's episode, I would encourage you to practice Lectio Divina in your time with God today. To remind you what it is, it starts off with reading, and then meditating, and then praying about it, and then ending off with contemplating. So doing it in those steps, take your time, try to not be in a rush, and just really allow yourself to slow down and read the Bible and contemplate about it, pray about it, meditate on it, and see what you learn. 
I'm excited to see what you guys get from that. Let's close off with a prayer. God, thank you for your word. There is no other place we can go for spiritual formation other than your holy, holy word. All paths lead back to you, God, and your divine teachings. And I pray, Lord, that we can walk them slowly and patiently, listening to you every step of the way. Bless our journey as we go. Have grace on us, God. I know I'm not going to do it well. I'm going to mess up. I'm going to miss days. And sometimes we miss weeks. And sometimes we completely fall off the path. But Lord, thank you for your patience as you call us patiently back to your word. Thank you. I love you, Lord. I'm excited to learn more. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence and your word. Thank you, Spirit, as you rest in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Wrestling with Faith is a nonprofit podcast brought to you by the Mission Point Yopro Ministry. We'll see you next time.